0: I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready too. <laughs> Alyssa. Hi, Arwen. <laughs>
1: Guess what? What? This is the ninth episode of season two of the Sub Pop Podcast.
0: Well, all right. Yeah.
1: yeah. Our, our podcast is coming, our season is coming to an end. We're wrapping up with a two-part special featuring... Father John Misty, aka Josh Tillman.
0: That's true. So episodes nine and ten, if all goes as planned, should be delivered at once. Yes.
1: But listen to this one first.
0: Yeah, won't you? I mean, but then again,
1: if you're listening to this one and you already listened to the other one, I mean you do you do you. Whatever. Just listen.
0: (laughs) Thank you for listening. Yes. In whatever way you want.
1: (laughs) Um and we are gonna have a third season. Is that confirmed?
0: That is confirmed. What is confirmed is this is nearing the end of the second season, and yes, there will be a third TBD on that date. Yes. But definitely early 2017. What's going to be in the third season of the Sub Pop podcast? Who knows? But we did get some great suggestions. Actual, real suggestions from listeners that were helpful. Oh, I liked that someone pointed out, you know, those Megamart ads? What if you actually linked from the... To the Megamart from Sub Pop FM,
1: which we do link to it, but we we should make get, like, it more a, obvious. Yeah, like some sort of banner or something.
0: Yeah, something like "Here's how to get there."
1: Yes, so that people can go to megamart.subpop.com.
0: You got it right. I've known the whole time. I'm sure, <laughs> you did. Um, no, just really good suggestions about uh, people to follow up with, uh-huh. like maybe Greg Dooley's version of Tad Ceiling van right the sub hop van yeah i would like to hear that i would too <laughs> <laughs> wing back up with some of the people we've already talked to hearing mm-hmm. from lots of suggestions from artists people want to hear from someone wants that. us to
1: talk to mark arm about specifically about salami i'm not sure what that's about but i think that oh. Alyssa is gonna have to get to the <laughs> bottom of that Alyssa yeah. and mark have a very special relationship
0: it's very it's, it's just purely me teasing him and him tolerating me i actually i this is what i recently realized because it like you a little does, sister he he has some slight hearing loss and i think he can't hear me most of the time and that's why we get along you <laughs> <laughs> can't see me talking to him down there oh so he's like gosh. whatever <laughs> <laughs> he's
1: taller and can't hear you <laughs> He's just like a head above and a world away
0: yes this is my yeah these are what my friendships look like, people. But, you know, another suggestion that we heard from a few people and, you know what? We're going to take them up on it was that people wanted to hear whole songs at the end of our episodes. But that's at the end and that's we still have to get to the interview. And we're still at the beginning. Yeah. On this episode and the next episode, Father John Misty, Josh Tillman. So, Josh is a musician who has
1: been as I seem prone to say on this has been in the game for a minute. I don't know when I started saying that, but apparently I say it all the time now. So Josh has You're been in the game for a minute.
0: Documented as having said that multiple times. And I don't know where that comes
1: from. It's like, I must get it from like a Marissa Tomei movie or something. <laughs> anyway, Josh has been making music for a while. He's been in a handful of bands, and Sub Pop started working with him um, when he was drumming in Fleet Foxes. That's which, true. And that came after, you know, a pretty storied... Uh, song, storied. A, a storied time in his life when he was pr- putting out records under the moniker Jay Tillman.
0: What does storied mean exactly?
1: I think just like that there's been, that it's been happening
0: for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so SubHop has put out two Father John Missy albums. The first was in 2012 mm-hmm. for Fear Fun and then the follow-up for I Love You Honey Bear in 2015. Yeah. Um, He's always keeping busy, though. Like, here's just a cup. There's a couple highlights yeah. from the last year, right? So
1: he's worked with Lady Gaga. <laughs> he contributed to a track on Beyonce's Lemonade, which, for my money, is the best thing that happened in 2016. I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, overall, like that album is incredible. Um, and he he got to be a part of it. It's pretty amazing. So he's yeah he's always doing different stuff, and he's writing a ton too. Like he makes music, but he also writes a lot.
0: Yeah, and for people that follow music news or indie music news, you've probably heard of him. Right. I'm sure there's a fair amount of people that haven't sure let's say that you have in my experience I found that people tend to have an opinion on him there's not a lot of people that are like oh yeah I guess he tends to draw out big opinions from people he definitely does make people feel yeah yeah which hey I'll take it (laughs) you know what I mean right rather than having zero impact yes yeah you know, and he has something to say too. So oh, it's that's not for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and he's gonna be saying it in two parts. <laughs> well, okay, and actually that brings up a good point. He has something to say. How how were you how are we able to do a two part interview with this guy? Get hours of interview with him. So what happened
1: is like we knew when we started this project that we wanted to talk to Josh. Of course. Of course. He's very busy. And I had met him years ago I think he was playing with Fleet Foxes when I met him I'm not sure it was around that time then I hadn't seen him in years and when he was finally coming back into town he was going to play Bumbershoot he was like I totally want to do the podcast come to Bumbershoot and we'll talk before my set
0: which no problem right I
1: was like okay (laughs) so I go there and it's, you know, it's exactly what you would expect a festival, a music festival to be like. There are people running around everywhere. Everyone's trying to get ready. I have 15 minutes in a trailer that's the security trailer backstage. And people are going in and out. And I felt so bad because everyone was, like, trying to, like, shut the door really quietly behind them. Oh, sure, yeah. But it didn't fucking matter because there's, like, some, like techno set happening right. on the stage so we couldn't even hear anything in there anyway um but you know which was
0: it's worth mentioning we were happy to even get that totally right? that's like, what i was gonna say thank like, I you was so much totally Appreciate grateful for josh's
1: time he um he then he was like stay we'll talk after because we got kind of cut short a little bit he goes plays a set and reasonably He's done after that. You know, yeah. He's just done he's just a show, so he wants to chill a little bit. So I left, and then a, f- a couple days later, he happened to be staying in town for a few days. He was like, hey, let's do this right. Um, I'm staying downtown. Why don't you come here, and we can have
0: like a real interview.
1: And I was like, okay.
0: And a real interview you did, because I think I remember you saying that you actually wore out the batteries on your <laughs> recorder. Twice. Twice.
1: Yeah, Josh and I talked for, I think, five hours on tape, maybe longer after. Um, And part of it was just us catching up. You know, it had been a while since we'd seen each other. Mm -hmm. So these two parts are not perhaps as formal of an interview as one might expect for a two-part series on Father John Misty. But it's just two parts of a very long conversation that I got to have with Josh
0: and yeah, so the first part is just you guys catching up. <laughs> <laughs> no. I cut that part out. I cut that part out.
1: <laughs> Nobody cares how I've been. <laughs> well, is the answer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but it's a great it's a great conversation you guys get into some really great stuff that I, you know, stories or, you know, moments that I kind of remembered hearing about from Josh's Performances, but oh, yeah. I really feel like I got a way better perspective and idea of where he was coming from just from listening to this, and I've been paying attention the whole oh, time. So, great. I think that I think that there's a lot of good stuff in this interview. I think so too. One, two things that I
1: want to to note before we just go ahead and let people hear the damn interview that we've been talking about this whole time is um, we talked in September.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, that is. So worth mentioning.
1: this is. This is pre-election, which comes up, but this interview is pre-election, just so you have a little bit more context for it. And then uh, the other thing is, it's also before Leonard Cohen died. He mentions Leonard Cohen at one point in the interview, and I just, um, I don't want it to seem like he was making some joke in like the recent passing of <laughs> Leonard Cohen. He definitely wasn't. He's obviously a very big Leonard Cohen fan oh one other third I guess third point to mention before we start this is that we begin the conversation by talking about a rant that Josh went on (laughs) when he was he had a set at a music festival in Philadelphia he didn't do his normal show so uh here you go here is part one of our interview with Josh Tillman aka Father John Misty
2: do it yeah the philly thing
1: you want to talk about that first you want to start sure. right in? okay yeah. yeah tell me explain what happened and then your thoughts about the reaction <laughs> to it
2: yeah well what happened was i went to play a festival in philadelphia the, the day after the trump stuff that are the, the Trump like nomination
3: to be able to throw Donald Trump over the top in the delegate count tonight with 89 delegates and another 6
2: for John Kasich I've been like I've been watching it in like a bar full of people and uh you know all kind of like I guess a similar ilk of of person and everyone is kind of just everyone was just like making jokes, and it was like a very weird, I just found it like a very strange, just like a very kind of grim defeatism, combined with like a nothing is real sort of, I don't know, it's just like an interesting, just that reaction, to me just sounds a lot like the reaction on TV that we entertain ourselves with, you know, like, the outrage the comedic outrage or something you know it's kind of the last resort of like powerless people you know to like satirize tonight, or
3: and i cannot believe i'm saying this is donald trump and i say that i say that knowing that every time his name is said out loud he has a shattering orgasm And look,
2: look you know just these like airtight kind of trump, you know i was doing it too you know i mean i was like my, my main imperative in that situation was like, okay, like, no, I know what to say. Or like, I know, no, you know, here's how, or just whatever, you know, you just get caught up in that. And then the next day I went to Philly and, uh, I got backstage and like everyone there is just going like, Oh my God, what is going on? Can you believe it? Like, all the people from the station, you know, Sure. people that I know there, and they're just going, "Josh, can you believe this? Oh my god, it's like, you know." And I was like, "Yeah, it's fucking insane." And right up till I was about, right up until I got on stage and picked up the microphone, I was just going to do, just going to like do do the set, you know. And I look out, and it's just kind of a seat, you know. People are in lawn chairs, and I don't know. I I, I just. In that moment I, I had a really hard time transitioning from like you know, I've done like two hundred and fifty shows like in the last year and a half. You know. This is the this is the only time I've gone so off script. Entertainment complex that we've constructed for ourselves. Where we do do you people realize we have an like an entertaining tyrant happening right now? Like Hilarious. Where do you think entertainment comes from? Let's venture a guess. So, when we're born, this is this is where we start. This is the fucking joke. Our brains are too big. To make it through the birth canal. So evolution makes us half-formed. I just, I couldn't go when like, out? God, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. Hold on a second. I ran down the road. You know, like, just in that moment, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. And my life flashed before my eyes. And I knew, I knew that no one, I, w- I knew I wasn't going to get, like, picked up by the audience and, like, carried around, you know. Like, I knew it wasn't going to be, unece- uh, like, celebrated. That's when you get entertainment. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. I am not. I'm deeply off script right now because, to be honest, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, what I saw, what I'm seeing happening right now, I don't know. Like, I don't know that I can rationally respond to this. I, like, it's insane. It's truly insane. Are we just supposed to have like a blues, like a chili off right now <laughs> and just wait for someone hilarious to say something hilarious that makes us feel better about it for this a second? This culture is perfected counterfeit problematic or rebellious or subversive forms of entertainment that are not, they're not, off, they're not truly problematic or subversive or whatever. Um, their entertainment, you know? And when I got up on stage, I just, the first thought that came into my mind was like, like, is more entertainment like what we need right now? Look at, look at this shit, you know? I mean, I can't even say it out loud. I always thought that it was gonna look way more sophisticated than this. When fucking evil happened. When the collective consciousness was so numb and so fucking sated and so gorged on entertainment. I expected a less cliche evil. And now it's just this bad, it's not even good writing. It's not even a good narrative. I really underestimated how much, like, how much shut up and sing there is in uh, a certain demographic. But again, I know that what I said was not, it it was not, it was barely coherent, you know?
1: I don't think that's true.
2: I was, like, upset. You were upset. I was upset myself, and I just, I felt, I just felt like,
1: well, then tell me if yeah. the, if my translation, my interpretation of what you said is yeah. correct at all. It seemed like what you were saying was that our reaction to the Trump nomination, like as a whole, like, and when I say our, I mean like people who say that they're upset, that they don't want this to happen, that, that the reaction on the whole is really mild compared to the threat of what's happening because... Since Trump is an entertainer, and we're so ready to be entertained all powerless the time, powerless to entertainers.
2: Yeah, that yeah. we
1: are reacting to it as if it's unreal, unreal in the way reality TV is. Instead yeah. of reacting to it yes. in the way that, like, this is a terrifying thing. Right, and I. Think, so if that yeah. was your message, that was you got that across.
2: Okay, that's good. I I do. Yeah, and you know my my message got refined like over the next couple of days. <laughs> like I had time to mull it over. And in the next couple of days, you know, like what I ended up saying was like, look, humans have been entertaining themselves in vile, grotesque, violent, weird ass ways since the dawn of man. And maybe we need to consider that the ways in which we're entertaining ourselves now are not that are not all that different. You know, it's like we don't go to the Colosseum anymore. We don't even have the <laughs> the fortitude to watch it in person. We watch it like on these devices. We watch it remotely. We call it news. We presume that it, by by virtue of watching it, it makes you more humane, you know, or more compassionate, which is like definitely not a a conceit that that people of antiquity did. So it's almost worse.
1: So is the problematic part that entertainer says there's too much entertainment?
2: Yeah, which I kind of love. Cons- there is this idea of artists now more than ever that they are these drooling savants who like occasionally accidentally come up with something resonant
3: so awfully glad to be here for yet another mindless day now I've got all morning to obsessively accrue small nation of meaningful objects and they've got to represent me too by this afternoon i will live in
2: debt i really believe that real truth exists at the center of a seeming contradiction it's a conver- it's a convergence of all kinds of You know, truth is just... It's impossible for it to be one-dimensional, you know? I mean, humanity's definition of truth has changed wildly throughout, throughout human history, you know? I mean, God only knows what it means now, you know? Now we think it means, like, caught on tape. Instead of, like, viewing things with subtlety and context, whatever... We're just going to write it down. And then any time this issue comes up, all we have to do is just cross-reference it with, with the law that we made. And it's no surprise that most of these laws subjugated women. So you're
1: you know? saying that, like, so as far as, like, the misogyny thing, we'll take that for example, mm-hmm. that, that the critique that Josh Tillman is a misogynist is true, in some ways, but it's also true among a thousand or a hundred thousand or a million other things that are also true. Yeah. That like you're not gonna deny that that there are points of that that exist in you. But as you said the other day, that everyone contains multitudes. So to deny yeah. it would be kind of futile because of course that's true, and other things are true as well.
2: Right? Do and- you
1: think that that's a cop out at all, though?
2: Um, I mean, we will. I will just put for the record that I have and this is what I really hate about the word troll in in terms of it being applied to me yeah which is that it is one of the defining characteristics of a online troll is like abuse like abusing women mm-hmm. on the internet so it really fucking disgusts me like I just I hate that word I hate it
3: I just love the kind of woman who can walk over a man. I mean like a goddamn marching band.
2: So let's take, you know, the context of how I'm relating to women like in that album. Like the, the cover image is me as a baby being held by, like, a goddess Madonna woman and groping at her breast. Not even feeding on the breast, like, groping the breast. And you can look at that and say, like, what a fucking, god, this guy's just showing his whole hand. Like, this is ridiculous, you know, like. (laughs) And, yeah, I mean. A lot of, like, these, this, you know, like, that night Josh Tillman came to our apartment song, like, that, that is someone's narcissism inflaming my narcissistic disturbances, and it's just an ugly scene, you know? It isn't just, like, you run the risk of just knowing that people don't know, you know, they don't know that, but it's like you you have to write what you know, you know. And Yeah, so is that misogyny? Or is that, you know, or is that like Yeah, it very well if you know, I can tell you that in that instant or the next day, I hated myself. I hated women. I hated love. I hated like going out. I hated the whole, the whole rigmarole. You know, it's like my hatred was like f- very, um, like, non-discriminatory in that moment. You know, but it's mostly directed at yourself, and that in- informs the way you view everything.
3: I found her naked with the best friend in the tub. We sang Silent Night in three parts, which was fun. Till she said that she sounds just like Sarah
4: Vaughn.
1: The way that you're read, then. I hate that soulful. We're read sometimes. Like in this one dimensional aspect of Josh Tillman is this period. Josh Tillman is a troll period. Josh Tillman is a misogynist period, like whatever Mm -hmm. that is. Does that ever inhibit you from making the music that you want to make?
4: Hmm.
2: No, because it's a sacred space. It's like, it's truly, it's truly like preserved. If anything, I just I, I will worry about it after the fact, you know. I mean, it really, really, I you know, I mean, I stopped playing that song live. I stopped playing that and Strange Encounter because I hated mostly because not not really because of the guilt because I understand where I'm coming from with that song. So I, there's really no reason for me to like shame spiral about it because I I know intimately my intention, you know. But looking out at an audience and seeing people mirthlessly grinning ear to ear with, like, sadistic glee as, as some girl that they hate is getting, you know, dismantled was, gr- was gross. It's just not what I want to do, and I don't want to run the risk of being misunderstood that way, you know?
0: We're just going to interrupt for a quick break from this interview to feature our (laughs) world-famous award-winning Megamart (laughs) ad. And who is this Megamart ad featuring? This
1: one is actually really special because this is a Megamart ad featuring Tad. Tad Doyle. A Tad ad. A Tad ad. There is a piece of merchandise that's available at the Megamart that has your face on it. That is not a Tad shirt; it's a Father John Misty shirt. Yeah. And I was wondering what you thought about that.
5: Well, he—they uh, somebody contacted me and says, "Do you mind if we use this image?" And I, to be honest, I didn't know who Fr- Father John Misty was. You know, I don't—I don't pay attention. I haven't watched MTV in 25 years. I, I don't know what's hip and happening. You know, I just do what I do. So I had to, like, find out who this guy is, and I, I liked what he was doing, so... And and I remember Megan was telling me, he's like, oh, he's awesome, you gotta... So I checked it out, and I'm like, yeah, I think that's... I have no idea why he wants an image of me trying to, uh, you know, be Jack from... uh you know, the, sh- the shining scene where he's hacking through the door to get to uh-huh. his wife. and uh, But great. Go ahead. And uh, I liked it. And so whatever. It was a strange dichotomy there.
1: So just to explain, for those who don't know, there is a shirt. That is a piece of Father John Misty merchandise that has a picture of Tad, who is pretending to be Jack from The Shining, like he said, but this is like actually a shirt that you can get at megamart.subpop.com. Wait,
0: haven't we brought up The Shining? Yes, like in five episodes. <laughs> and when we shared this shirt, like on social media from Subpop's Pop's accounts, people were like, oh, that's hilarious. That should be a real shirt. And it's like it is it is a real shirt you know what this is happening
1: you may find this quite easy to believe but just night before last I did a watercolor painting inspired (laughs) by the shining (laughs) Uh, we do have more of our interview though oh let's go back to that then mentioned before in a different interview that I listened to that you would hold yourself to these standards like these arbitrary mile markers of other artists that you respect like mm-hmm. that you hadn't done this by 22 or right. by 25 or yeah. whatever do you still do that
2: no I mean I blew I blew way past what I wanted want to accomplish like you know like a year ago what do you mean you know, you're not gonna, you know, maybe not believe this, but like, the only thing that I was ever interested in was creative survival, you know? I I don't want like a Grammy or a gold record or a, I just wanted like a seat at the table. That was, that was really it. That's not to say that if you took away what I have now that I would that that I <laughs> wouldn't have that that wouldn't be you know painful, mm-hmm. but yeah, cre- I mean creative survival, you know, and and I guess legitimacy or something like for you know, but not in the eyes of other people, like maybe you know, like when I started making this music, it was when I first had the demos for Fear Fun. I would, I'd be playing, you know, I would just be like playing them in my room or something. And then, and then that night, you know, I was living in like a house of lost men in Laurel Canyon. (laughs) Like, like we're in our thirties. But I like just turned 30, you know, Uh, you know, and I'm like banging a wall, just like, shut up. You're fucking too loud, you know, but I mean, it was great. You know, it was really like, I had kind of come to this realization where I was like, I just, where I was like, if I want to live like an albino ape, like I can do that. So I was very much like, I don't know, I could have lived in a pickle barrel or whatever. And I like basic, you know, my house was like a little shack that didn't have doors. It just had like French doors. There was no lock. It was like totally exposed to the elements you know, like leaking, leaves would blow, you know, I'd wake up and there'd be like debris on the floor and stuff. (laughs) um, But anyway, I and then one of the dudes I was, you know, Dirk or Derek would be like, hey, can you play that song? What was that song you were playing earlier? Like, can you play that? I'd just be like, what? (laughs) You know, never having been solicited for my own music before, you know? And then playing, people hearing it and saying like, wow, like, Really sounds like you, you know, people who had known me for ten years who had seen me make eight albums and the reaction was so So night and day and that was very satisfying mostly because it just I realized that I wanted to communicate and you know what like Sometimes making people like upset or angry or whatever is is indicative of pure communication happening. It's distorted because they have their own images and they're projecting their images onto my projected images and it gets it gets a little problematic, but but for the most part it's it's cutting it's coming through, you know? I don't really hear people saying much of much of anything, like let alone something that could actually upset someone, you know? But as yeah, as far as those my mi- the yeah, those mild milestone things, like a lot of those things just kind of give me the the bulls, You know? <laughs> I guess maybe what's left would be like God, Leonard Cohen made popular popular problems when he was 76! <laughs> and I'm 85! <laughs>
1: Okay, so that concludes the first part of our interview with Josh. Again, more next week. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff, talk about why Josh Tillman quit music for a while. Uh, and we're going to talk about being taken out of context in interviews.
0: And by next week, you mean right, All right.
1: now. yeah. right. Right. Yeah. Like, when, when we're done talking, we're still going to be talking just in the next one. <laughs>
0: Oh, the goodness. next part of the two part.
1: I've had enough of me. Alyssa, what are your recommendations slash video corner slash taking a minute this I week? I do
0: have a minute to say. After you watch all of his official music videos, because they're all excellent, please do yourself a favor and watch his Letterman performance that dates back to 2012. May 1st, 2012, in fact. If you search Father John Misty, Only Son of a Ladies Man and watch that live performance, I don't even generally love live performances on like talk shows that can be hit or miss. Yeah. This is hit. This is hit. Yeah, I remember it's that so one. so good.
1: It's yes. really good. It's worth watching. And I, I'm a big fan of the uh, Nancy From Now On video.
0: Oh, yeah. That one's great, too. They're oh, all great. It's like really touching. I do. I agree. I was. Okay. That was a nod. You g- she gave me big eyes. <laughs> she gave me
1: big eyes, people. You
0: can't help it. <laughs> um, all right. Well, hey, thank you to the bosses, the staff, Josh Tillman, all of you. Who else? Who else the do we need? The listeners. To... The listeners. And thanks
1: to everyone who um, has been sending in their address to get a postcard from us. Oh, yeah. I and suggestions? Out, yes. I sent out another batch of postcards today. Love I love it. I will send out more. Um, yeah. You're, it really you guys does. Are the best make,
0: yeah it really does make all the difference it feels good to get yeah
1: back. and write to us give us more suggestions we are gonna be planning season three any minute now any
0: minute now so okay <laughs> and then also one last bit of business all the music you heard today was from Father John Misty's albums Fear Fun and I Love You Honey Bear mm-hmm. and the song we're gonna be ending on Real Love Baby not found on either of those albums yeah it's a single enjoy mm.
3: Our hearts are
4: free So tell me what's wrong